You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, TCU Corner. Um, uh, we did get to hear from you, Stephen, about the uh, helicopter landing, I don't think. So tell us about the spinning helicopter. Here's a new coach, which really is not surprising because we knew it was going to be Sonny Dykes the entire time. So kind of a letdown. And also you got a new defensive coordinator uh, as well in John Gillespie. So uh, talk about what's happening uh, in Fort Worth right now. Yeah, so the helicopter thing is interesting. And I, the reason it was fascinating to me is that was like once a year, Gary would take that out. That was sort of their flex that they would do. Once a season, he would ride the helicopter to a high school game, and he would hop out and he'd do a recruiting visit, and then he'd get out and go. So I guess that's TCU's property. Like I always sort of thought that was maybe Coach Patterson's whirly bird that he had, but I guess in the divorce, TCU got to keep the frog copter, which is really cool. So we had Sonny Dykes, who is not the swaggiest person alive, but I feel like everybody likes kind of cool getting out of a helicopter. So, you know, it was sort of like a cool moment, and there were – there were some fans in the stands. I think it could have been a little more well attended. It wasn't like that, you know, cult that surrounded Brett Venables when he touched down in Oklahoma. Like that was like if North Korea got a new head coach. I mean, it was just everybody was out there cheering, <laughs> chanting. I liked it, John. John, I loved it. I thought it was great. I, it, was, I, it, was, it was like if North Korea got a new head coach. It's but true. TCU's, but, yeah. TCU's was still better than USC's. <laughs> That's true. That was – okay, so we have a quick discussion about this. So – what happened? Like, I've watched the video. Can somebody tell me what I was watching? I don't know, but the best mashup was the guy that put it together with the What's Up With That skit from SNL. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was so awkward to watch. I, I will say, uh, Oklahoma Twitter taking a victory. So, it's okay. So, things I didn't like. The Oklahoma senator, state senator being like, the last three inches of highway need to be <laughs> embarrassing. That was, that's embarrassing. Now, Oklahoma Twitter reveling like this is hilarious because you know Lincoln Riley hated that shit. I mean yeah, that yeah. is that is his least favorite thing in the world was being on that stage and being like this is awful. Like somebody yeah. like somebody you know just pulled me off stage. Had, like you know. you know ten members of the marching band and, and three cheerleaders. And three cheerleaders in the front and, and they were there were sunglasses too on the marching band members. Yeah, and somebody pointed it out. It looked like they were like in the in the student union or something like that. You could tell in the back <laughs> there's like these like high. And you hear the mics like, in the background too, which yeah, is the best part. You can hear them talking to the microphones. Man, it was it was it, it it definitely like the Monday show that the OU athletic department put on for Brent Venables was absolutely incredible. And right. And their response was it missed the mark a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. I, I think the, the part in you know, Oklahoma is always going to do it right with that kind of stuff. The part that was funny was like what Steven said was like the airport watch. Yeah. Like once it was out, it's like plane to Greenville. It's right. about to leave. And it's like, and, and I mean, it goes to what we talked about with Eddie Rodasovich with the whole, like, yeah. you know, the bus stop bit, which yeah. was, you know, hilarious. And, and everything on that has been really fun. I will, I will say this, that kind of stuff is really refreshing in this time because like there is so much, um, I, like, I think the dollar figures are kind of the emblematic part of like how intense everything is. It's like Brian Kelly, a hundred million dollars, Mel Tucker, $95 million. It's like, can we just all come like Mel Tucker won like how many games this year? Like, I think Mel Tucker's a coach, but like, can we all just, like yeah. we all just chill, just just take a break here, and you know we don't we don't have to hand everybody a ton of money. We also don't need to be tracking flight. Like, can everybody just calm down, just a touch? I understand it's a sport, but I think we all need to 
this this is the time when I mean message board geniuses. I'm sure you all follow it. This that that account was made for this time yeah. in, in yeah. college ball. It's well, so I good. Think- but I think Josh, like both Oklahoma and CCU, it's been so long since they've had a coaching search. Like this is kind of like an older divorcee getting out on Tinder. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a casual thing, but they really don't know how to handle it. Like you're just trying to, you know, you reminding me of my, so my, okay, so my, so my aunts, this is reminding me, it's like my aunt. Had oh no. She had her, I love Aunt Irene, shout out. So she had her third <laughs> wedding and she had like, like like ACDC because she's coming down the aisle to it. And you're like, I guess you got to do it, right? Third wedding. Yeah. It's, like, it's like, what the hell, man? Like, let's just, let's just get after it, right? Probably last time you're going to do it your she's entire life. You know? Yeah. No, and, and she's great. Class. And she's, she's, you know, hilarious. But, you know, highway to hell doesn't need to be playing while you're walking down the aisle. That's the same way I felt when I was, when I was watching, when I was watching Oklahoma. And it was that awful, like Oklahoma, it was. I think it's black and yellow, but it's like Boomer Center. I'm like, please, can we just not, <laughs> can we like, please not do this. Um, like, so it's, well, and then, I mean, I don't think we t- obviously everybody's talked about this to death. Uh, did we talk about Brian Kelly last week? I don't know if we did. No, we didn't. Somewhere. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't. Like, we didn't talk about the accent. No. So this is so it happened to Mac Brown. Um, you know, his accent changed a little bit depending, depending on where, where he was. But like when he dropped the family, I was like. <laughs> I was like this, like I just. This is the dumbest sport in the world, is it not? Yeah, How it dumb! Is. We're tracking flights. We got people changing accents. We got Boomer Sooner, Boomer Sooner. We got the band at the USC. Like, what in the world are we doing? What? It's just. I, I mean, I it's, had a blast on Sunday. All day. It's, yeah, I mean, all the, the Twitter the last first, week's been a blast. From the very first Bruce Feldman. You know, Oklahoma leadership is on their way to South Carolina right. report. I was like, let's go. This is going to be a right. great day. Right. And then you have the, you know, the, I mean, Mario Cristobal, which is, we should mention this too. You know, the crazy part of all this coaching season is that we started off the year with two things being on the coaching side of things. Number one, Matt Campbell is probably gone. Number two, Matt Wells probably had to win seven games. And look what we ended up with. We lost, we lost GP. We lost Matt Wells halfway through the season. We lost Lincoln Riley. We lost Jim Knowles. We got, we, we acquired a Sonny Dykes. We got a Brent Venables in there. Uh, I mean, we, you know, just kind of all this crazy, you know, the job that Notre Dame, that, that we think a guy like Matt Campbell would want opened up and Luke Fickle, none of them left. Uh, Kalani Sataki is rumored for every job West of the Rockies. Right. And I mean, and, and also, you know, people are like, well, who's Oregon going to hire? Matt Campbell's out there. You know, it's just Chuck Matt. Lane Kiffin's putting his name in for every single job. Like, we're not done yet. You know, we're not. And also, we're not accounting for NFL jobs yet. We haven't accounted. And, and Matt Campbell did get did get at least one NFL offer last year. So, and also, Ryan Day is out there. I, I don't think there's, I, I don't think it's a done deal that Ryan Day stays in college. So, like, this is, there's no way that anything ever gets crazier than this coaching cycle. People kind of say this stuff all the time. Do we all agree this is as crazy as it gets? Yeah, probably so. I mean, there were just so many high-profile jobs. Like, LSU comes open, and then that leads to Notre Dame coming open. And, you know, I feel – I won't take credit for the state because I, I think it was actually Bomani Jones who put this out there. But it's actually pretty rare for a Power 5 coach to leave for another Power 5 school. Like, you know, it, it doesn't happen as much – as much as we throw these rumors out here, in most cases it's usually an assistant. It's somebody from a smaller conference that makes the jump. But we saw Lincoln Riley go to USC. We saw 
uh, Mario Cristobal go to Miami. Um, we saw or we saw Brian Kelly go to LSU for Notre Dame, and now we'll see what Oregon does. Maybe it's Chip Kelly. Maybe it's you know one of the Big Twelve coaches. But there's just been so much movement. I, I think it's fair. But the other part of that is Josh like the schools get even more impatient because like we're seeing part of this movement is like coaches are antsy. Administrators are antsy. They're shorter fuses. You know so I think is? that's the it's only thing that can COVID. Lead to it. I think it's post COVID because, and this is a lot of stuff. I'll, I'll give you guys a, a weird example of this. So I was just back at my own school at Mizzou yesterday talking to the person who coordinates student media. And she tells me, Hey, we've had, we've had a record number of people sign up this year. You know why people just wanted to get out and do anything, do something. And so I feel like after a COVID year, these schools are like, let's just, let's do something. We got, we got to do something, right? We got, mm-hmm. we, we got, we got, and look, like, was it right in some situations? Yeah. I think Texas Tech got it right. Yeah. I think TCU got it right. Um, you know, Brian Kelly's like, you know, we got to make a change. got to make a change. And he might be right to do it. You know what I mean? But I just think, I feel like COVID probably accelerated a lot of those things. Um, I'm not sure. Do you guys agree with that statement or not? I mean, I, I think there's people in general, like we got to, do something and especially the schools you know they've got all this money like we we can do it we can pay mel tucker 90 million dollars we, we, we you know should we like you know, should we do this i don't I, think there was any should we i think we made decisions and we just acted on them that's how right. i've been after i'm just like well, i'll just do it what like what's gonna happen right. and so right. i respect it we're we turned into a bunch of yes men it's great yeah and i, I mean also the argument of uh you know we spend every dollar we make. There's no money for the kids. Yeah. My ass. My ass. That's where that one's out the window. Sorry. Um, all right. Bowl games. So this is the problem with bowl games now. We never know who's playing and who's not. So, Linda, I'm going to go to you first on this one. I think you guys are in great shape. I think I think it's a big opportunity for Oklahoma State because they're not usually on the stage. And, you know, they come close sometimes. But, like, this, you know, it's a great opportunity. Playing a team like Notre Dame and also – not sure if you, I'm sure you guys actually all saw the video. Those players seem seem like they want to play for Marcus Freeman, so I expect them to come to play in the first game for their new head, their head coach as well. So, uh, if I had to rank all the Big Twelve games, I would say it's number one for me, Linda. I'm very excited for the game. I think we can take Notre Dame. They didn't beat any top twenty five teams. They lost to Cincinnati at home. I think we could take Notre Dame, but like you said, they clearly uh, Mark Marcus Freeman is that players coach kind of guy. I would be lying if I didn't say like I'm rooting for him outside of this game. I hate that Oklahoma State has to hand him his first loss. That's tough on me because I'm cheering for him. That right. video of him walking into the locker room sent me into a blubbering disaster of a mess. But I do think our defense is back or is is going to play really well against them, and it does sound like Jalen Warren is going to be back for that bowl game and healthy. So if, if that all happens, if we can stay healthy, I think we have a really good chance of winning that game, but it'll be a good one. John, Oregon versus Oklahoma looks good on paper, but then you look at the, all the circumstances surrounding it, it becomes a really bizarre, weird game that is taking place in the Alamo Bowl. Um, it would be a highly ranked game for me if I was doing bowl power rankings, but like, who the hell knows who's going to play and who's coaching who and what's going to look yeah. like. Yeah, you know, it's it's the interim coach bowl, but there's a bit of there's a bit of heat here because the last time these two teams met was in 2006 with the controversial onside kick uh call that should have never been called and confirmed on replay. Ridiculous. If you want to make yourself angry at officiating, go find that on YouTube. It, it's 
egregious. Or like, watch an Impact 12 game. That's, yeah, or watch Impact 12 game. Yeah. But and then and then after that, a blown defensive pass interference call on a tipped ball. So we, Oklahoma fans. So are Oklahoma fans are still mad, aren't they? They seem yeah, pretty. Yeah, yeah. We're pretty fired up about this one. Bob Stoops is is going to be coaching, so that's that going to be a lot of fun. Keep you to see him on the sideline again. You know, getting to coach some of the guys that he recruited that are you know some of the fifth year seniors. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, it, it's going to be. It's lost a little bit of its luster. Kayvon Thibodeau won't play. He's opted out. Nick Bonito's opted out. Uh, Brian Osamoa as well. Perrin Winfrey. Probably we're going to see Jalen Redmond opt out. But it's a great chance for some of the younger guys like a Danny Stutzman right. or Reggie Grimes to get an opportunity to, to get some quality snaps against a really good competition in an Oregon Ducks team. And, Stephen, the important part about a lot of these is that it's, it's what John's talking about, the, the thing playing, but the young guys getting double-digit practices – that is the big thing, right? You get the drill, double-digit practices, and also those guys get to use those practices to play against, in some, in some cases, and generally speaking, against good, solid competition on the other side in a lot of these games. TCU is not in a bowl game, so let you have the board in terms of Big 12 games, and I'll let you even pick games from the teams that are joining the Big 12, and those teams have bowl games. Give me a couple you're looking at here. Man, yeah, that's it. That is a big part of this is the the practices for sure. Like that's why coaches like it. I think in some cases coaches don't even really care to play uh, the game. Actually, they just want the you know modified spring ball in a lot of ways. But right, um, yeah, like this will be a good bowl season. I like Baylor and Old Miss. Like I think you know it, there's a little bit of uncertainty with that Old Miss staff, but. Um, Dave Rand has done such a nice job. By uncertainty, do you mean their head coach wants to leave desperately because yeah. he's named for every job available? Seems like it. Seems like that's the case. Uh, Lane Kiffin giving some giving some fun, you know, pokes out there, and apparently maybe some of that's real. So we'll see, you know, who shows up. But a weird factoid that I stumbled across because I just sort of thought of this and I looked it up. Baylor hasn't won a New Year's Six bowl game since 1956. Like they had a couple chances with uh, Matt Rule, he lost the Sugar Bowl to Georgia, and then he who should not be named lost to uh, Blake Bortles at UCF, and then they <laughs> got beat by Michigan State. So they were zero and two, and they're in the Cotton Bowl and the Fiesta Bowl in the Bryles era. So it's been a long time since they've won like a huge bowl game. Which and then they played Georgia fun. with Matt Rule, correct? Yeah, twenty nineteen, and they got beat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that Georgia team, you know, they had like obviously SEC bowl game. So they had a lot of reserves out there, but still Baylor couldn't find a way. So um, that'll be intriguing. And, you know, I, I like that you said um, game from the future big 12, because I want to see what BYU does close out the season. And I know it's a bad opponent and UAB. No, UAB is decent. Don't, no, 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 no. UAB, UAB is the one L on, on UTSA's record. I, okay. I should say, um, they are, you know, not not the high-profile game maybe you right. wanted if you were a BYU fan. Um, but a chance to make a statement for them, and they've had such a good season. We'd like to see them go out with a dub. So, yeah, those are the two that come to mind. And you and, and BYU being 10 to a number 13 in the playoff rankings and playing in this bowl game, uh, and Jacob told us too, Jacob Hatch, Lockdown Cougars, for those of you guys don't know, usually comes on here with us. He mentioned that as a reason they're joining the Big 12, right? 10 and 2. And ranked that high. And let's be honest, they beat a lot of Power 5 opponents on the way, too. And they, their schedule was not easy. A 10-2, that schedule deserves more than the bowl game they're going to. Uh, we, can all, we can all acknowledge that. Oh, and I'm sorry, before I forget, uh, I I think Mike Leach is kind of overrated as, like, an interesting, funny person. Like, I feel like we've sort of beaten that angle into the ground. 
But I do want to see Mississippi State and Texas Tech. Like, that's fun. There's some intrigue there. Um, you know, Tech, like, Tech finally has some juice, really, I think, for the first time since the Leach era ended with Joey McGuire. I, I guess you could argue they had that for a little while with Kingsbury and Mahomes. But, you know, I know he's not coaching the bowl game. Sonny Cumbie is sort of still the start of a new era, though, against the one guy that really won big there um, who's not Mississippi State. That should be intriguing.